everybody. I am Stefan Adika. You're an artist on record. Your ultimate intimate conversation with your favorite artist. And if it is your first time here and you love vinyl and rock and roll stories, subscribe. Hit the bell to be reminded so you don't miss any other episodes. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. We have right here Ricky Rocket of Poison. You're not going to miss this one, everybody. Rat decided to take us on the road, and so we got another single. They're like, "Okay, but you can't have as much money for this single, and you can't have as much money for the for the video. We, you're almost out of budget." Okay, so we're like, "Okay, so we're like, how are we going to make a video like this?" Let's have absolutely no continuity, okay? Like, just put everything on. Like, who cares if you look different in one scene than the next scene? I mean, we just went nuts with it, right? It was shot in a day. And, you know, uh, there was even stuff we didn't use, you know what I mean, in that. Like, there was a – I was actually at a – like, there was a projection of a movie, and I'm with these two twins and an old Cadillac in an alley, which was, you know, at the drive-in, you know, and I was in this old, not a cat, I was in an old Ford, actually. And, um, you know, stuff like that we didn't use. There's some stills of it out there. But we just decided to have fun. Like, let's just go nuts. Let's just Let's just, and when I fell off the riser, the, the riser that we ordered, right, uh, they they ran out of materials. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. Like oh this is how poor we were. So it was like they're like, just make sure you don't back up too far. And I'm like, not a problem. I'm standing right here. Well, the as I'm rocking, right, the the throne starts moving back and fell off. And I fell off, and everybody comes rushing up. They stop the music and blah blah blah. And they're like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, I think so. They're like, Can we use it? And I'm like, you better use it. <laughs> I just almost broke my back for this. <laughs> oh my God. How scary, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because I, I mean, I seriously fell off. I was not, yeah. you know, I didn't. And then I think people came to see us live and was hoping that I'd fall off. And I'm like, well, can we like do a riser and have a mattress or something? And I'll fall <laughs> off. And, like, well, then how are you going to keep going with a song, you know? And so, you know, I, oh, okay, very we'll make it our stick. Then we'll get back up. And, you know, I mean, I, so yeah. we never did it, by the way. I mean, that's pretty punk um, rock right yeah. there. That's a Keith Moon punk yeah. rock scene right there. It is. Sure. But if you force it, it's not the same. So, no, you know. No. Um, right. So you guys really did yeah. pay your dues in the beginning, man, huh? You were really, you guys struggling, huh? Yeah, we did. We didn't, you know, but... CC joined, I mean, it really turned things around because I think it, it, we just congealed so much better with him. Now, Matt is, is a great player. He's a good dude. Um, he played, you know, he had that slinky Joe Perry kind of thing going mm -hmm. and it was really cool, but it didn't have that same energy that we needed to like mm -hmm. really, and, and CC's a really good writer and he's a good interpreter. 
Like if you sit there and you go, yeah, I want to do something that has like a na na na, but then and I can play enough guitar to show something, but I couldn't play on a record. Um, maybe I could, uh, but he'll interpret it. He'll go, that'd be better if it was in C, and you know what I mean. And and he yeah. picks right up on it, you know. Um, but he has a great pop sensibility, mm-hmm. and because we were a cover band for so long, I think we had a great library of pop songs in our library to pull from and go, hey, this would be great in this part. Um, hey, you remember when, you know, I don't know, whoever did this little piece, you know, let's pull from that, you know? So yeah. I, I think that the pop sensibility helped from being in a... Now, when I say top 40, I mean, like, our top 40 was hard rock top 40, okay? So mm-hmm. it was more album-oriented rock 40, uh, <laughs> the top 40. Um, but we were blessed with some cool radio stations back there. You know what yeah. I mean? CC is one of those guitar players underrated because he really is good. And he doesn't get like the recognition he should get because the guy I've jammed with him, I've seen him jam live, spurred a moment. He is a really great guitar player, CC. You know what? I think, you know, I hate to go into all this, but. There was a lot of drugs, okay? And I feel like the only time CC was ever sloppy mm-hmm. is when he was fucked up. Yeah. He's not a sloppy guitar player. No, he's really... He knows exactly what he's doing. He's very schooled. He's solid as shit. And, you know, yeah. so the only time any of us got sloppy was when we were just, you know, wasted, basically. Yeah. Um, but we kept that under wraps, like... Guns and Roses like wanted the world to know they were fucked up. We didn't want people to know. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> we're, no, we're, we're like, uh, I mean, Capital didn't know what to do with us when when they finally got a hold of us because we went from Enigma Records to Capital, right? Sort of. We were yeah. under the wing of Capital, and Capital goes, you know, okay, we have Skinny Puppy, uh, we have Duran Duran. And we have Iron Maiden, and we're not sure where to put you. I'm like, well, we're not Skinny Puppy, and we're not Duran Duran, although there's a little... We're Iron Maiden on a Duran Duran level, maybe, kind of. (laughs) Certainly not with the integrity of Skinny Puppy. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and I think, you know, at first they were sticking us on weird bills, man. You know, they didn't know where to put us, you know? We actually wound up opening for Duran Duran in Spain. That's so funny. And uh, yeah, um, it, it was crazy. And then we played with these really heavy bands, and we were just, they didn't, we had to find our own place. You know, we really did. It was like, how do you take this club band from Pennsylvania and uh, with the kind of the vibe of the dolls with, Van Halen Arena Rock headspace with this. You, you had big bit song. Of commercial. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was all about you, you the guys songs. had. So a, we, that's, the one, that, that's the one thing that you guys had. Like New York Dolls, the attitude, the vibe was good. The Johnny Thunders, all that. You know, the danger of it. The songs were never big. They were never going to be big, big. You guys, and even on this first record, when you think about it, "Cry Tough," I won't. I want action. I won't forget you, the ballad. I mean, you think about these songs, Talk Dirty to Me, which you hear to this day, behind all the makeup, 
the songs are still good. You'll see some hillbilly truck driver listening to Talk Dirty in his car that would never, ever think to ever get up and dress like this and go on the streets. And it's pretty And man, pretty Weezer impressive. did it. Weezer that, did a cover. Right. And they did a great job with it. Too. Right. It was awesome. These are great songs you guys did. Moving forward, you know, even songs later on, you know, every, you know, every rose. But but this for a first record to come out, it's a strong album, man. Something to be proud of. Thanks. And it still still stands the time today, the test of times till today. You got Weezer covering it. I mean, did you, you know and the thing back then? Do you ever think, Ricky, like, hey, this is going to be people be listening to this 20 years, 30 years. Did you think that ever? No, I, I mean, I didn't think past that really no. so much. Our main thing was we love to have a live show. So we wrote our songs as a soundtrack to the live show. That's what we cared about. Later, I think bands started saying, I don't care. Album's an album. Live is live. We'll figure that out later. We didn't think that way. So there were certain aspects of it we even kept simple. You know, like, you know, I wanted to be able to stand up to, and play that. Yeah. If yeah. I did some complicated fill, I couldn't. I'm just another drummer sitting there, right? So I wanted the whole audience to go, uh, you know, I, yes. I, yeah. I was thinking um, visually as well as musically, <clears throat> kind of a, a kiss head space in that yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, th I think that, you know, and then we evolved over time because I think what, you know, music started to evolve and what people wanted started to evolve. Um, I think what we did on Native Tongue was absolutely on time. It was just with the wrong guy at the wrong time somehow mm -hmm. uh, in terms of when we delivered it. But uh, but it did good, actually, yeah. a lot better than people give it credit for. <laughs> True. And I know you probably answered this all the time. Was Slash ever going to be a part of Poison or is that a rumor? No, there was a, a big push. I mean, it, it was literally, it came down to CC and Slash. And, wow. and we didn't know what to do. Matt Smith, our old guitar player, was a huge proponent for Slash. He said he'd show him the songs and everything like that. Um, and, you know, it just, CC just gelled with us better. Those types of songs, the way he came across, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and look, you got two great bands out of it. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't, uh, what, what would happen if, the, like I said, let's go back to earlier, the parallel universe where we would have went a different way, right? I don't know how that would have worked. Uh, there's, there's no way to know, you know, um, but it wouldn't have been the same band. That's for sure. On all levels, no, it no. would have sounded completely different. Um, but I like slash. I know we had this weird rift with guns and roses for a while, but it was more like we were vying for the attention of management. We had the same management for a while. And it's like, no, 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 you need to pay attention to us. No, no, no. You need to pay. And it was more of that kind of thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Axel and, um, uh, Axel's band Hollywood Rose was the first band Brett and I ever saw out here. Um, Athena took us to see it. She was dating the other guitar player in the band, or wow. maybe it was a bass player. I don't remember. Uh, and we went to see Hollywood Rose, you know. And then you know later, of course, you know Tracy joined and with Axel, and it was Guns yeah. N' Roses, and then he left that and walked away from that, and it, Slash it, walked in. So. The whole scene back then, it was such a, a scene back then because you had the Holly, you had Hollywood Rose, then you had LA Guns, then you had 
Paul Black. You had all these different people, these different versions. And it was just all like everybody jumping into the same bed, you know, different times. It was just such a weird scene. But the music was so You good. know, I'm going to I'm gonna reveal this for the first time. <laughs> so there was a band called the Joneses, right? I remember the Joneses, guy. Jeff Jones. <laughs> One guy in the band would wear this cop hat and I'm like a mod jacket down to his knees sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I stole that. I'm like, that's fucking looks badass, right? So I did it. And then Duff McKagan did it. And we run into each other at the Troubadour one night. And Duff goes, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. You know that. And and it was in a friendly way. Like, and we laughed about it. And um but it was it was funny because we were both doing that kind of thing and then i kind of changed up a little bit after that i feel like um but yeah like it's you know yeah the joneses i'm sorry guys i stole that idea from you <laughs> well, you know that's so funny you mentioned the joneses because there was a time that i got to jam with jeff jones for a short time a really short time he was putting a band together and I think he has a funny story too, but I don't, I don't know how to get in touch with the guy, but uh, I think, I think he might've, uh, I think he, Paul Black told me, I think he robbed a bank or something. Ended up, yeah, uh, it's a, a crazy story, but he didn't have a gun. He just went in there with his finger and he, and he went home. At that, that time it was the Hollywood scene and people were doing their dope and whatever and whatever. I think he went and copped and then the cops went to his house and got him and took him away. And then he got out and he was, it's a legendary band that you don't know the Joneses, and I just got there. I'm like, no, I don't know. They were the band that influenced everybody. <laughs> you know? the, the, they were phenomenal. They were. Um, but re really quickly, back in Pennsylvania, we played at the Pine Grove Inn. Okay, we used to use one of our regular gigs, Rock Your Honey at the Piney. And we used to even stay there. They gave us a trailer we could stay out back because we do uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday gigs. <clears throat> and one night there was this guy named Lyle and he came in and he had poetry, jailhouse poetry that he wanted to read. Okay. So we're like, uh, somebody said, you know what, do yourself a favor and do him that favor. Cause he's quite the outlaw and he's very, very big in this town. Like he's legendary. We're like, okay, but I'll tell you the story later. So I'm like, Brett, just play a little guitar for Lyle and let him do his do his poetry. So Lyle's singing. I have no idea what he was saying. But as it turns out, Lyle was in the parade in Halloween with a mask on, peels off, goes into the bank, robs it, and goes back into the parade. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wound up doing like eight years and wrote poetry and was – extremely famous in that town for a long time and 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 they're like if I, if lyle wants to read some jailhouse poetry i think you need to let him write read some jailhouse poetry <laughs> so, i'm like it was like lou reed you know what i mean like yeah, it was like, yeah. funny <laughs> funny man <laughs> how did you and brett meet um, you know what? I was I grew up with this guy named Dave, and he was a bass player. We learned how to play together. I, you know, learned drums. He learned bass. We were in every band together, and he was working at a place called the Amity House. It was a restaurant, and he was a short order cook. And Brett got a job there as a busboy, and he goes, 
hey, there's this new guy working there as a busboy. He has long hair. He's a singer and he's got his own PA. I'm like, bring him over. <laughs> we didn't have a singer. We were constantly struggling with vocals. Oh. And uh, Brett and I hit it off immediately. And I think we learned for the first few years that we were friends, uh, probably for the first 10 years that we were friends, I think we learned so much from each other. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and uh, But, you know, we tried and tried and tried with that band for a long time. And uh, it, they were just not putting 100% in. They just weren't. Yeah. And, uh, and this happens in, in small towns in Pennsylvania, wherever. Uh, you know, you, you have guys that I think as musicians, we grow up and we're self-centered. It's mm -hmm. like, it's about me. I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah. You get in a band and it's like, you know. But I feel like, uh, you know, Brett played football. I was a serious team player. He was a team player. And I think that's what it's about, right? So we were like looking for other team players. Bobby Dahl was the next person who was a major team player, who was willing to do whatever it took to get there, you know, literally. And, uh, and I love that attitude. And yeah. I feel like we're all learning how to do this thing together. And then we finally found Matt, but we were, we had a couple other guitar players in between trying to figure it out. Uh, one guy committed suicide. I mean, all kinds of crazy shit, but uh, you know, we wound up with Matt and Matt was a great fit for us for mm -hmm. a long time. He's a, I mean, he, he worked his ass off. He was there rehearsal every day. He, you know, um, went through all the club scene with us, moved out here, uh, sacrificed all that. Um, and you know, uh, we did all the clubs and became one of LA's biggest draws with Matt, Oh, yeah. you know, uh, and then, but it just was, it just stagnated. It just did, wouldn't go any further. It just, no matter what we did, it just was just stifled. And I'm like, I don't want to be just LA's biggest draw forever. That's not a bad place to be, but it doesn't equate to money. You can't make a living that way because you no. don't make any money here. Right. No, no. So uh, maybe it's gotten better. I don't know. So we'd go out to um, different areas of California and go play our cover stuff in between the shows that we'd come in on the strip and do. And that's how we made a living where other bands didn't didn't figure that out. You know what I mean? Like we'd go and play in Covina. Mm -hmm. and do cover stuff. Some, we play one set of our own stuff, but we play like two, three sets of like the stuff we did in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we got paid for it and that's how we survived. And it's like, you know, people are like, how do you survive doing only one or two gigs a month? Well, we're not doing just one or two gigs a month. We're doing like eight, you know? <clears throat> and that's how we did it. But I remember seeing you guys from a small club to a big arena. I'm like, wow, look at these guys. They're rocking to the, the best video. Every Rose Has a Thorn, which was a great video. It shows the touring. It just shows the, the sweat, the, you know, the whole road. It was yeah. such a cool video. Well done. Well, the whole thing was what we loved is going on stage with all this makeup and hairspray. And by the second or third song, the makeup's down here, the hairspray's down here. Like, it's just, it was like, it was working man's glam. You know what I mean? I think a little bit of that got lost in the shuffle. Mm -hmm. Um but we wanted it to be fun too. So, I mean, there was a lot of ingredients we were trying to stick into this. We wanted to uh, do all the things that, that we loved in other bands, you know, 
the work ethic, but the pageantry, uh, but the hookiness, but the grit, but the arena-ness of Van Halen. I mean, we had all these things that we wanted to to do as many things as we could stick into the ingredients. You did a, you did a good, like you made a good soup. You made a real good soup, my you friend. You made a pretty good soup. We yeah. did okay with it. Yeah. There was some conjecture at mm -hmm. one point that I didn't play on the record, okay? That the producer would sneak in there at night and play. The producer wasn't even a drummer, for one thing. It's me on that record. There's nothing over the top that's, that needs to be replaced. It's a really? fairly so simple. There was, rumor, there was yeah. rumblings that you didn't play on this. Yeah. So uh, and, you know, and... Uh, Yes, and it's ridiculous. Um, we did do some uh, quite a bit of editing on that record because we had twelve days to do the record, and we're still we kept changing our minds about how to do assemble the songs. You know what I mean? So it was a lot was done in the studio. Um, like "Cat Dragged In" was pretty much written in the studio. We had only ever played it a couple times. Wow. So, but uh, Jim Faraci, the engineer, he knows everything. Like, Talk Dirty to Me was done with just Jim Faraci. Wow. Like, it was just, it was just him. Like we didn't even have the producer. The way he did it was horrible. So we redid it. You're supposed to go on the road now. You're supposed to do a tour. Is this yes? Is, yeah. yeah. Crew, Death Lab. Is that true? It, crew, as far Death as I know, it's happening. Yeah, All as right. far as I know, it's happening. I mean, I wish somebody would say, you know what it is. We're still just like everybody else. We're sitting there going, I, I mean, I thought I was going to have to wear a mask just to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, one day we could do jam together, or even do a vlog together. It'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah a lot oh, of yeah. fun. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Really, All I right. appreciate it. All Take right, care Much of each other and keep rock alive. <laughs> it's the only way. We, it's only rock and roll. We like it. You know? <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. I want to thank Ricky for showing up here tonight and spending some time with us. But also, if you want to catch more of Ricky, click right on that box right there. Everybody, remember, it's only rock and roll, and we like it. And always remember, who loves you, baby? We do. And follow us on your favorite podcast, whether it's iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, Artist on Record. Take us with you in the bathroom, in the car, whatever you want, just don't get wild and crazy, all right? <laughs>